Thank you for joining us for the fifth Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2013. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Mr. Dennis Toddy, South Dakota State Climatologist, will talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Scott Dumer with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division and her staff will provide an update on the current reservoir operations, the core runoff forecast for 2013, and the long-term reservoir release schedule. Then we will take questions by state. We use a force mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones. Please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. I would now like to do a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Just a reminder to press star six to unmute your, your phone. Dennis Toddy, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Thanks. Scott Dumer, are you on? Yes, I am. Great, thanks. Just want to remind everybody that press kits with bios and Missouri River Basin information and historical data can be found in your media advisory. There's a link there, or it can be downloaded from our website. Um, it was just updated this morning at about 11 a.m., so, so if you need to check that and, and download the latest version, please do so. The slides from Dennis's presentation can be found near the back of the press kit, and they, be, they start on slide 17. We will now begin with Dennis Toddy, South Dakota State Climatologist. He will talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to be here. Um, first, we're going to start off with a quick look at our current situation. Slide one is looking at precipitation over the last 30 days, and we're looking mostly across the, the Great Plains area here. Uh, the slide on the upper left is showing total precipitation over the last 30 days, and then the slide on the lower right is the percent of normal compared to, to normal. So, so the places that are in uh, purplish and the, the, the deeper purple are much wetter than average compared to this time of year. So you see that most of Montana, North Dakota, and parts of, of South Dakota are, have had 150 to 200 to 300 percent of average precipitation for this time of year. The difference in how this is manifesting itself is based on what is, hap what is pre existing conditions. Lower parts of the basin still had carryover impacts of the drought from last year. We'll talk more about that. Upper parts of the basin did not have as serious an issue, so we are seeing a much high, uh, steeper accumulation of precipitation and the soil moisture. Going on to slide two, where we are, and we have temperatures the last 30 days. The Missouri River is kind of a dividing line. Areas to the east of the Missouri River are below average temperatures. Uh, areas to the west of the Missouri River typically have been above average temperatures. Uh, despite the, the, the cool spring overall, the last 30 days have not been too far off average uh, throughout most of the basin. 
slide three, I alluded to the, the mention of soil moisture earlier. This is a, a, a national product, a modeled soil moisture product. We no, we do not have soil moisture monitoring anywhere in the basin, and it's something we'd really like to see happen. Uh, pointed out a couple areas there. You see the blue area in eastern Montana and, and western North Dakota, where soil moisture as of June 5th is two to four inches above average, uh, depending on location there. You contrast that with areas of, of eastern Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, and southwestern South Dakota, where uh, soil moisture is one to three inches below average still. Uh, so you kind of see the, the background impact and where you could still have issues if we were to have he more heavy rainfalls. Um, especially further north, that would be more of an issue. Further south, at least in the South Dakota, Nebraska area, not as big of an issue just yet. Go on to slide four. Uh, just a brief uh, look at the outlooks. Uh, these are the 8 to 14 day outlooks as of Sunday. They were updated yesterday and they will be updated at 2 p.m. this afternoon from the Climate Prediction Center. But the pattern has stayed relatively the same in these outlooks. Temperature on the left-hand side, uh, southern areas of the basin throughout the central plains over the eight, next 8 to 14 days, uh, more than likely to be uh, above average in the way of temperatures. Uh, but the, probably the, the bigger feature on the right-hand side, the green area is indicating uh, continuing active pattern. There's a, a ridge building in, a, a high-pressure ridge building in across the central plains in the southwest that is pushing the active storm track further north, and you see that across Montana, parts of the Dakotas, uh, where we have still better chances for precipitation. Southern areas have lesser chances for precipitation. Uh, I've chosen not to show you a 30-day outlook because we are uh, somewhat in the middle of the, of the most recent 30-day outlooks. Uh, the new ones will be released next week. The next slide shows the uh, three-month temperature and precipitation probabilities. Uh, the, I, let me correct that. That should say June to August, not June to July for the three-month temperature and precipitation. On the left-hand side, temperature. Uh, still, indications are uh, warmer than average temperatures most likely throughout the plains, somewhat into the upper Missouri basin. On the right-hand side, uh, we're kind of getting a mixed bag. Again, this is from last month, uh, indicating that uh, parts of, the, of South Dakota, Nebraska, and parts of Wyoming have better chances for being drier than average. Uh, these will be updated, but some early looks at, at models for this, this next round are indicating still a decent chance for, for, the, for an active pattern to maintain. So it'll be interesting to see what the new outlooks are released like. Uh, as of this point, it's still the official one is saying that, you know, somewhat drier than average in the lower part of the basin, equal chances, meaning equal chances for a below or above average in the northern part of the basin. Moving on to slide six, uh, drought update. The U.S. drought monitor in the upper left-hand side uh, you can see over most of the eastern part of the country, we are drought-free. The upper part of the basin is largely drought-free uh, as the heavier precipitation has removed those drought categories. Uh, there will probably be some more changes in this week's drought monitor, reducing some of the drought levels. But you can still see that in, in western North, in western South Dakota and all of Wyoming and a uh, good part of Nebraska, we still have some ongoing drought conditions. Uh, largely because while precipitation has occurred, it's not been enough to improve the soil moisture conditions and some of the ongoing issues there. Uh, but you can see all of North Dakota, eastern South Dakota, most of Montana has been removed from the drought issues, which fits with the, the soil moisture I showed you earlier. The seasonal drought outlook, this most recent one, has uh, kind of continuing the same conditions. 
that uh, South Dakota, eastern Nebraska is likely to uh, continue to improve as there are still decent chances for precipitation. Uh, and you can see that Wyoming and parts of Montana are, are uh, at a point of saying uh, persisting of drought. We are at a time climatologically where they, they are at or past their peak precipitation for the year. So fewer chances for precipitation will come climatologically. And then as temperatures warm, you increase ET, increase evaporation, so there's less uh, ability for runoff uh, in those areas. Okay, slide seven, key points. Um, I did not mention ENSO, El Nino, La Nina. Currently, we are officially in a, a neutral situation, no El Nino or La Nina. Sea surface temperatures in the Pacific are looking a little La Nina-like, so there is uh, concern or does bear watching for potential for La Nina development, uh, but that would not likely occur this summer. It would be more likely to be occurring in the fall. So at this point, ENSO neutral seems to be the way to go for the summer. Current situation, plains uh, wetter north, drier south, as we talked about earlier. Uh, looking ahead, what we can say that those ENSO neutral conditions should exist through the summer, so there should not be an impact from El Nino, La Nina. Uh, 8 to 14 days uh, warmer and wetter to the north, uh, excuse me, or near average temperatures to the north, wetter to the north, warmer and drier further to the south, especially down into the plains. Uh, but we are still going to stay active over at least the northern part of the basin. Uh, summer conditions, drier and warmer uh, possible in the southern parts of the basin and into the plains. Uh, the northern plains and, and the western part of the basin equal chances for, for temperature and precipitation, but we will need to, to check in on the new outlooks when released next week for uh, some changes to that. I don't see, expect to see any major changes to that, but it looks like we still have some decent chances for precipitation ongoing. There still are chances for episodic heavy rains uh, since we are in that time of the year, which uh, would be the, the potential for, for episodic flooding and, and uh, would require some changes in, in uh, stream management. Uh, this concludes my report. Thanks, Dennis. Now we will hear from Scott Dumer with the National Weather Services, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Scott will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin. Good afternoon. Long-range stream flow proje projections by the National Weather Service continue to indicate an overall decreased risk for significant flooding across much of the Missouri Basin this year. However, there's quite a few ex exceptions to this general statement, uh, including the Milk River Basin in Montana, the James River Basin in North and South Dakota, the Big Sioux River Basin in South Dakota and Iowa, the tributaries to the Missouri River, and the Missouri River itself within the state of Missouri. For these areas, a normal risk of flooding remains. A normal risk means those locations which typically flood during the late spring and early summer will likely experience flooding, uh, continued flooding this year. Uh, mountain snowpack accumulation peaked in late April and runoff from snowmelt is beginning to near its final stages. The June water supply forecast developed by the Natu Natural Resources Conservation Service in collaboration with the National Weather Service was released last week. The June water supply forecast projects generally below normal stream flow volumes for the mountain melt -off, uh, from mountain melt-off. Precipitation received in the past few weeks has resulted in an improvement in the May through July streamflow volumes projected in the South Platte River system. Significant flooding from the mountain snowmelt is not anticipated. 
minor flooding along the James River in South Dakota is occurring uh, due to uh, increased uh, stream flow from uh, the early springs uh, mount, uh, early spring snowmelt runoff, uh, and combined with uh, this spring's precipitation. And as it makes its uh, way downstream this month, uh, we have that and elevated stream flow from plain snowmelt coupled with rain. Uh, resulting in minor flooding in the Little Sioux and Big Sioux River Basin uh, for the remainder of the spring and into the summer. Uh, convection drives spring and summer flooding in the lower third of the basin. Several rounds of late spring and early summer rain uh, have and will uh, continue to bring a risk of moderate uh, flooding. Uh, we recently have had um, moderate to major flooding in southern Iowa and minor uh, to moderate flooding has occurred in extreme eastern Kansas and in the Missouri tributaries within the Missouri within Missouri this spring. The Missouri River itself recently experienced moderate to major flooding below Kansas City early in the month. Spring and summertime localized flooding is uh, very typical in the lower third of the basin and it is expected to continue off and on throughout the remainder of the summer. Thank you and this concludes the National Weather Service flood potential uh, brief. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide us with an update of the current reservoir operations. Okay, thanks for joining us on this month's Basin Outlook Call. Over the past several months, we've seen a significant improvement in drought conditions in the Missouri River Basin. However, drought remains over the southwestern portion of the basin, and our runoff forecast for the calendar year 2013 remains below normal. Reservoir levels at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe, are up four to eight feet over the lows experienced earlier this year. However, even with the improved moisture conditions, they are not expected to refill. The upper three reservoirs remain six to nine feet below the top of the conservation pool due to last year's drought. Over the past several weeks, we've seen vivid reminders of the fact that flooding can and will occur even during periods of extended drought. Releases from Gavin's Point were proactively reduced beginning Memorial Day weekend to provide flood risk reduction below the reservoir system. This was part of our normal, normal operations for flood risk reduction along the lower river. And as a result of this operation, both the peak stages and the duration of flooding were reduced in many locations. Each month, and more frequently as needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Last week, we posted the June runoff and reservoir regulation forecast on our website, and this morning we put out a news release discussing the current conditions and our forecast for the coming months. Now, two of the senior engineers in my office will describe these studies in more detail. We'll begin with Kevin Stom to discuss the updated 2013 runoff forecast, and he'll be followed by Mike Swinson, who will discuss the planned reservoir regulation uh, based on the current runoff forecast. Go ahead, Kevin. Thanks, Jody. As we heard earlier in the call, precipitation in May was well above normal in much of the upper Missouri River Basin. Rainfall accumulations over the eastern half of Montana, North Dakota, and northwest South Dakota were in excess of 200% of normal May rainfall. Despite the abundant rainfall, runoff in the upper basin was only slightly above normal at 106% of normal. This is due to the large soil moisture deficits from the 2012 drought and the below-average mountain snowpack runoff. 
During the first 10 days of June, precipitation has continued at an above normal rate, resulting in about 160% of normal runoff so far in June. Despite the recent increases in weekly and monthly runoff, calendar year runoff for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa continues to be below normal, and the May 1 runoff forecast is 21.2 million acre feet, which is 84% of normal. Drought conditions vary across the upper basin, but in general continue to improve. There are no drought impacts in northern Montana and almost all of North Dakota. Moderate to severe drought conditions still cover southern Montana, Wyoming, western South Dakota, and Nebraska. Extreme to exceptional drought conditions are also present in western Nebraska. The seasonal drought outlook indicates improvement to drought conditions east of the Missouri River in the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Iowa. West of the Missouri, drought is forecast to persist with limited improvement, while no improvement with some additional development is likely in southern Montana and Wyoming through the end of August. Soil moisture conditions improved significantly in May. However, two to three inch deficits still exist in eastern Wyoming and western South Dakota and Nebraska. The NOAA Climate Prediction Center forecasts were considered in the calendar year runoff forecast. These outlooks support the drought forecast, which indicates drought conditions will persist in southern Montana and Wyoming. Additionally, the mountain snowpack, information about the mountain snowpack, shows that it peaked at 95% of normal on April 23rd above Fort Peck, and on April 25th between Fort Peck and Garrison. As of June 10, the snowpack was 11% of the normal April 15th peak above Fort Peck, and 7% of the normal April 15th peak between Fort Peck and Garrison. Normally, by June 15th, about 18% of the snowpack still remains. Therefore, the mountain snowmelt is progressing faster than normal. In summary, the 2013 runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin is 21.2 million acre-feet, or 84% of normal. Okay, thank you, Kevin. Now we'll hear from Mike Simpson. Okay, thanks, Jody. Uh, system storage is currently 52.7 million acre feet. System storage has gained 2.4 million acre feet over the last two weeks, but is still 4.1 million acre feet below the top of the carryover multiple use zone. The carryover multiple use zone is designed so that the system provides service to the congressionally authorized purposes, though at reduced levels through a long-term drought. Gavin's Point releases averaged 18,300 CFS in May. As Jody mentioned, releases were reduced from 24,000 CFS to 12,000 CFS in late May and early June due to heavy rains that resulted in increased flows on many of the tributaries below the system of reservoirs. Releases were increased to 18,000 CFS last week and then to 23,000 CFS over the past weekend. Releases were increased to 20. 3,000 CFS to prevent the endangered least turn and threatened piping plover from nesting on low sandbars that would be flooded later this summer when higher releases are needed to provide navigation flows. The nesting season runs from May to late August. Moving on to the monthly simulations or the monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. 
These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will mainly focus on the basic or most likely forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. The monthly studies also reflect the navigation service level and season length. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. We are currently providing minimum service flow support for navigation. Flows for this level of service are designed to provide an eight feet deep by 200 feet, feet wide navigation channel and would require Gavin's Point monthly average releases ranging from approximately 18,000 to 28,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, we show a slight improvement to flow support for navigation for the second half of the season. The basic simulation also shows a full eight-month navigation season. As noted earlier in the call, conditions in the upper basin have remained wet in the time since the monthly simulations were completed. Our updated short-term forecast indicates that system storage will end June between the basic and upper basin simulations. This forecast also shows reservoir levels at Fort Peck and Garrison higher than the basic simulation. If this short-term forecast verifies, the navigation service level may be higher than the basic forecast just discussed. The lower, excuse me, the lower basic forecast reflects a deepening of drought conditions and, and shows a three-day shortening of the navigation season. The shortening of the navigation season appears unlikely based on the current system storage and the latest short-term regulation forecast. The forecast for 2013 energy generation, again with the basic simulation, is 7.6 billion kilowatt hours. With normal reservoir levels and releases, we would expect approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. That concludes my remarks. Okay, thank you, Mike. <clears throat> so in summary, we've adjusted our operations late last month to provide flood risk reduction below the reservoir system. And at the same time, we're implementing measures to conserve water in the mainstream reservoir system. As always, real-time reservoir regulation will be accomplished using the best available hydrologic and climatic information. We'll continue to monitor the conditions throughout the basin and make any necessary release adjustments as we are unfold. That concludes my remarks. Thanks. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kevin. We will now take questions by state for the Corps, Dennis Toddy and Scott Zumer with the National Weather Service. <coughs> we will begin with the state of South Dakota. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press, if you have a question, press star six to unmute your phone. Hi, this is Tony Mangan at KCCR Radio. Hi, Tony. Um, how are you, Monique? This sure. is for Dennis uh, Toddy, first of all. Sir, as you take a look, if you could, looking at the weather for uh, for this area, Central South Dakota and Pier, how much has the, the water, the, the recent rains in in the Pier 4 Pier area, helped the reservoir and the river? Um, the Largely, the, the recent rains in, in the central part of the state have assisted the river somewhat, but uh, the, I kind of got at this when I was looking at soil moisture. 
is a, a large part of the rainfalls in southern and central South Dakota have gone towards recharging soil moisture, getting water into surf, other surface water bodies like ponds and dugouts. It really hasn't done a great deal for the river. More of what's happening in the river is coming from, from upstream, uh, obviously, from the heavier rainfalls and the runoff coming that way now. Would you say at this point, are you ready to say that the drought's over yet or not? Uh, it is it is significantly weakened, but no, it is certainly not over uh, from from a hydrologic perspective and also an agricultural perspective. We still have issues, especially to your west, going on right now that you know two or three dry weeks could turn the tide back very quickly to problems again. And and this is for Jody Farhat. Jody, as you take a look at the rains that we've had in, in for the Hawaii Reservoir, does that change your plans at all as far as releases? Um, it has impacted our releases. As I mentioned, uh, we reduced releases last week uh, as a flood control measure downstream. Um, anytime we reduce releases, that allows us to hold more water in the reservoirs and works towards rebuilding some of the storage that was lost last year. Um, and then also, if you look at this month's study, it looks like we'll provide a little bit better service to navigation uh, during the second half of the season compared to where we thought we were a month or two ago. So it, it does impact our uh, regulation, you know, our our navigation service and other things are based on the storage and the reservoir system. So as the storage improves, we can improve service to all of those authorized purposes. And it's and it, certainly helping up in South Dakota with the boat ramps and things too. When you start releasing as is scheduled, um, that you're not going to, the, the people downstream are not going to see a lot of change, are they? No, we reduced releases, you know, because there was a lot of tributary flows coming in and, you know, we've worked our way back up. Um, you know, they don't see a lot of change. You know, the river is actually still quite high in many locations. So um, we're just filling in behind as some of those tributaries decline. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Tony. Do we have any other questions from the New Holland State of South Dakota? Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Okay. State of Iowa, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press? It's star six to unmute your phone. State of Nebraska. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Missouri. Wait a minute, Monique. This is yes. Denise Simpson from the Winnebago Tribe of Nebraska. I'm sorry, could you repeat your name for me? I'm sorry, it's Denise Jensen from the Winnebago Tribe of Nebraska. This okay. Is, I'm not sure who directs this question to about Gavin's Point Dam, of course, because we're downriver at Gavin's Point. And I was looking at your slide that says it talks about the total percentage of system flood control per reservoir and that Gavin's is at 0.7%. Can somebody explain that to me? Sure, Jody Farhat will do that for you. Thank sure, you. I'd be happy. Um, if you look at the six floors that make up the mainstream system, um, that would be Fort Peck in Montana, Garrison in North Dakota, Hawaii, Big Bend, and Fort Randall in South Dakota, and then Gavin's Point. 
Um, most of the system storage is in the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe. Um, Gavin's Point is the smallest of the six reservoirs by far and only provides a very, very small amount of flood control storage. We really operate um, in a very narrow band. They're about two feet, um, generally speaking. So if you, you know, compared to the flood control storage that the other reservoirs have, uh, that's why um, we say that Gavin's Point has less than 1% of the flood control storage. It does play a big role, though. You know, when we get high flows downstream, we reduce Gavin's Point releases, um, and then the upstream reservoir releases as well, and so we capture some water in Gavin's Point. But because it's so small compared to the others, you know, we can usually take that water back out in, you know, the following couple days. But, so it's very important for our operation. It just doesn't, it's just a very small project compared to the others. So Gavin's Point Dam is kind of, uh, I don't want to say quick fix, but I guess I'm just trying to grasp purpose in, in the whole management plan, what what purpose Gavin's Point serves. Yeah, you know, it's its primary purpose, you know, it's a great question because it, it is operated differently than the other ones. The primary purpose of Gavin's Point is to even out the releases um, that the other reservoirs experience. Um, all five of the other reservoirs, their uh, hourly releases vary according to the power demands. Okay. And, you know, so they can go from, you know, a very low release or a zero release up to full power plant capacity, you know, in a matter of, of a few minutes even. Gavin's Point, we run it at a steady release round the clock and we make release changes there very rarely. And the purpose is to provide a steady downstream stage along the lower river so that we can have navigation on the river. So it, it plays a very important role, but a different role than the other five. Okay. Thanks. Does that answer your question, Denise, or do you feel like you need additional explanation offline? Because we can arrange that if you need that. No, that, that, was, that was very well put. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I believe that we may have been with State of Iowa and then I went to State of Nebraska. So I'll go back to State of Nebraska. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press, if you have a question, press star six to unmute your phone. Okay, State of Missouri, congressional delegation members, state officials, Hi. local government, or press. This is Marshall White. This is Marshall White at the News Press. Hi, Marshall. Is Jody there? Yep, I'm here. What's What's the uh, latest on the spillway test on Gavin's Point? Um, let's see. Let me look around the room and see if somebody else is uh, ready to answer. Do you have anything, Larry? I know that they've done some testing, um, and, and we don't have any more work scheduled right now, but I'll let Larry fill in. Yeah, Marshall, this is Larry Janis from Operations Division. Um, I don't have the most recent update on that, but I can surely get that to you if uh, I get the, an email address or a phone number from you. We'll take care of that, but before, too, let me check and see if there's um, Dave Becker might be on the line or if John Bertino might be on the line. Okay. Yeah, Marshall, we'll have to get with you offline to take care of that. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Okay. We'll do that right after the call. All right. try to get you hooked up. Okay, thanks. Do we have any other questions from State of Missouri? 
state of Kansas, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, press. Star six to unmute your line. Okay. State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Montana, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of North Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Do we have any national press on today's call? Do we have any final questions before we adjourn today? Okay. We will host our next call Tuesday, June 9th at 1 p.m. Central Time. I'm sorry, July 9th. Tuesday, July 9th at 1 p.m. Central Time. An updated media advisor advisory will be sent out as a reminder in advance of the call. We would like to thank you for participating on today's call. We are now adjourned.